Atlanta News First investigates the largest investigative team in Georgia, holding the powerful accountable and fighting for you. Now, in this series of podcasts, we take you behind the scenes of our most recent investigations. Welcome to Behind the Investigation with Atlanta News First. Welcome to Behind the Investigation with ANF Investigates. I'm Sierra Cummings, and I'm here with Brendan Keith. How are you doing, Brendan? Hi there, Sierra. Good to see you. Uh, we've got a really important story for you all today. This is about a case that happened in 2021, but it's still important present day in 2023 because we've still got one of the world's busiest airports, actually the busiest, right, Brendan? That's right. It's the busiest airport in the world. And what we do in investigative reporting, as you know well, because you are an investigative reporter, is we look for systemic and institutional failures. So we have this amazing video, but as investigators, we have to ask the question, why? Why did this happen? How can we prevent it from happening again? And the big question in this story is, how did a firearm go off in the airport? We're going to play the story and let you watch it. Everybody's running and screaming. APD said some type of explosion at the main checkpoint. Somebody saying gunfire. Shots fired, shots fired. Where exactly? It's at the airport. We have a call of shots fired at the South Terminal. I see a police officer. He has his gun out. I guess I'm supposed to get in. November 2021. Atlanta police run toward the sound of gunfire. Go, 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 go. As passengers and TSA officers run for their lives. What we got, man? What y'all see? We have an active shooter inside the airport, so we need everybody to stay clear. Keep the planes away from the concourses. The armed passenger ran toward the T concourse, but then turned around and exited into the South Terminal, where the gunmen blended in with other passengers who were also running away. 3796, radio silence now. Police were still searching inside. Let's go, come on. Let's go. Outside. While the gunman was running outside. Outside, outside. Everyone outside. How did a passenger get to a gun during secondary screening on the secure side of the main checkpoint? A TSA officer is going to his bag. He grabbed the gun in the bag and took off, grabbed the weapon and ran. And right here, that's when the gun went off. And a gun doesn't just go off. Right. Somebody pulled a damn trigger. They think a gun went off and he just grabbed the stuff. Right. That supervisor was trying to tell him not to. I just, oh, okay. Kenny Wells was a convicted felon who wasn't supposed to have a gun anywhere, let alone inside the busiest airport in the world. How did he get by over here to be able to get the gun out of the bag? Often, a bag ends up on the secondary inspection table right in front of the passenger because there's a suspected prohibited item inside. That could be as simple as a bottle of water, but it could also be something far more dangerous. Right now, there's no barrier preventing a passenger from reaching into their bag during the TSA inspection other than the honor system. Why no barrier? Why not have a barrier in that secondary screening between the passenger and the suspect bag? So we, we have barriers up now. So back in November 21, we, we didn't have barriers up. TSA is right. There was no barrier at all that Thanksgiving week. This is the same exact station more than a year later. Plexiglass at face height, but nothing at all right now between a passenger's hands and their flagged luggage. So there is a barrier there now. Uh, we don't uh, have it completely closed off. Those barriers are for COVID, not to prevent access to the bag. 
No, but it does give us the added benefit uh, of, of uh, providing separation. We checked airports across the nation. A few, like West Palm Beach, have full-length barriers between passengers and bags selected for secondary screening. In other airports, those full barriers still have gaps big enough to reach through. But most, from New York to Atlanta, still have no barrier at hand level. Some airports have full barriers. Some have uh, have barriers with some gaps on the bottom of them. It's different kind of everywhere because the, the equipment and the stuff that, that's placed in the checkpoint during COVID was kind of procured locally. Why does it matter? Because TSA detected more than 6,500 guns last year at airport checkpoints. Atlanta leads the nation with an average of more than one gun found every day. Yet ATL is one of the airports without full barriers at the secondary screening areas more than a year after that accidental discharge forced a panicked evacuation. Oh my God. We have disrupted the world. Well, apparently they had just seen it and I guess were they like trying to find it? They don't do that. They usually leave it up there and make me come and get it. That's what I'm saying. So how did this happen? When the bag goes through the x-ray machine, it stops briefly on the conveyor belt. If TSA detects something suspicious, the bag moves sideways behind a plexiglass barrier. If TSA suspects there's a gun inside, the bag is kept in that secure area for local police to take custody of the weapon. But sometimes it's just a question mark. The suspect bag moves to a TSA officer on the secure side who takes it to a table with no security barrier. The physical bag check takes place right in front of the passenger with nothing to stop them from reaching in and grabbing what's inside. It's been more than 20 years since a single failed shoe bombing, and we're still taking off our shoes. A gun went off in the busiest airport in the world and effectively brought it to a standstill, and we still don't have a physical barrier between the passenger and a potential gun in a suspect bag. Uh, if we know that there's a firearm, we're not going to let the person that, ha- that owns that bag get access to it. Unfortunately, it happened in this situation because we weren't, at the time, aware that it was a firearm. We were supposed to do the secondary screening. Wow, Brendan, what really made this um, investigation so compelling to me was the video. You didn't even have um, maybe uh, people going to the airport to interview and talk about that day. The video did all the interviewing for you. I mean, it was horrible. People were running frantically. How did you get this video? It's now, you know, two years later, and you've got your hands on this really um, powerful sound from these people. Yeah, so... Why now is really the question. And the answer is because we aren't able to get video like this. That's evidence in a criminal prosecution until the case is adjudicated. In this case, Kenny Wells, the felon with the gun, pleaded guilty in January of this year. The moment he pleaded guilty under the Georgia Open Records Act, that police body camera and the airport surveillance video becomes public record. I immediately requested it after checking the case month after month after month uh, for over a year. Finally, that request could be filed. People requested, by the way, the video the day it happened. I mean, everyone called the Atlanta Police Department from every TV station in America, or at least, you know, every major network and local station here in Atlanta and requested that video. And of course, the answer is, sorry, you can't have it. It's an open criminal case. Once that criminal case is disposed of, the video becomes public record. It is a lesson in investigative reporting. I mean, this is behind the investigation. This is what we do. We have all these irons in the fire that we're constantly tending to. Sometimes I call it a garden of stories. Some are seeds, some are seedlings, some are ready to harvest. This was a seedling I planted the day of the shooting and said, I'm going to keep an eye on this. 
check on the court case. The minute it's adjudicated, we can get the video. And that's how we got it. But you raise a good point about why now. You talked about it in that story. Yeah, they have the dividers, um, which came about because of COVID. But even now, the dividers that they have, they don't go all the way down. I was just in the airport traveling um, a couple weeks ago, and they flagged something in my bag. It ended up being hairspray. And she's checking my bag, and she's looking, and I reach across to kind of grab it. And she's like, whoa, you can't do that. Um, so really, it just speaks to the barrier not doing a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, it really is the honor system. I know probably the TSA doesn't like me saying that. But when we interviewed the TSA, they said, oh, no, if it's a gun in the bag, we don't send it down to that secondary screening area. I said, but but you did. Um, so they said, oh, well, that was an unusual situation. In reality, what it is, is just what we said in the story that when they know it's a gun, they keep it for law enforcement to recover the gun. But when they think it might be a gun, but it could also be something else, it gets sent to the secondary screening area, which is what happened in this case. It wasn't definitive. Look, the whole point of the secondary bag check uh, isn't some cursory check. Sometimes it might be that bottle of water, but it also could be someone hiding plastic explosives in a bottle of water, which is why they have the secondary check. Um, what is frightening and I didn't bring up in the story is that what if this were a terrorist? What if this was someone planning to do harm? That man was able to run through the airport with a gun and TSA, because they're unarmed and TSA is not law enforcement. All of the TSA agents ran f for safety, for their, for their own protection. Um, a one one or two police officers ran towards the danger. Everybody did a good job here. Nobody's criticizing what they did, mm -hmm. but it shows you that in the panic, a gunman can retrieve the firearm and run toward the airplanes, which is exactly what happened here. It's just that he chose to do a U-turn before he got to the concourse. One question we had, and I know a lot of people likely have, is where the case stands right now. So that person who was a convicted felon who shouldn't have had the gun in the first place, he's already been um, convicted, right? And he's waiting for sentencing? That's right. So he... Uh essentially entered into a plea deal. Originally, these were state charges in Clayton County. Uh, the federal government took over, and because he was a convicted felon and not allowed to possess a firearm, that was one of the charges. He pleaded guilty to that, possession of a firearm by a convicted felon, and the government agreed, the uh, federal government, to throw out all the other charges, including trying to board an airplane with a firearm. Uh, that was one of the charges there, because uh, they had a boarding pass for his Delta flight. He had he left the boarding pass, which is why they were able to find him. In one of those shots, you can see the boarding pass. That's how they knew who the gunman was. Mm -hmm. He threw the gun in the trash. That's why we had that picture of the gun in a trash can where it was recovered. He pleaded guilty to uh, just possessing that firearm. He is looking at 10 years. That was the agreed upon sentence in the plea agreement. Both the defendant, Kenny Wells, and the government agreed to 10 years in federal prison. Um, and that will be decided by a federal judge. The federal judge can overrule that. He can give him less or he can give him more. It's just a sort of agreed upon suggestion to the judge. Um, and that's going to happen in May. Got it. And that case happened in um, the situation happened in 2021. Fast forward, we're in 2023. What's the airport's response in all of this? Are they kind of going to figure out if they're going to do longer barriers? Where does everything stand, especially after this story that ran uh, this week? It's a good question, Sierra. We asked the airport, uh, Atlanta or Hartsfield Jackson, Atlanta International Airport, uh, to participate in the story. They said, nope, this is a TSA question. We don't have anything to do with it, which is a little bit odd because the airport does actually use uh, city funds to pay for things. Things like those uh, uh, micro barrier um, uh, uh, 
containers that they use to put baggage in and things like that to upgrade the x-ray system. Uh, they do supplement TSA's equipment purchases there. So it's a little bit odd they don't have more say in it. Uh, the TSA does say that they're going to, uh, or they did a pilot program that they may restart. Uh, interestingly, they did put up full barriers in that exact security lane as a pilot program, but when they were doing a reconstruction program funded by the airport, they chose to take it down. So right now, there are no full barriers at the busiest airport in the world, and they didn't seem all that keen on putting them in. The, the partial barriers aren't even bulletproof. Uh, they're, they're just COVID barriers, so they're not going to stop a bullet. Uh, they technically would stop reaching someone from reaching into the bag, uh, but as you saw in other airports, even when they had full barriers, we were able to reach around them. Uh, so really, other than the honor system, there's nothing to stop a terrorist or a bad actor from doing exactly the same thing that Kenny Wells was able to do a year and a half ago. I really want to touch on a point because you end up learning this in your reporting. Yes, this is the world's busiest airport, but really because of all of the connecting flights and um, um, people trying to get to their next flight. So there are going to be some people that say, you know, of course, we've got the busiest airport. So, of course, we've got the most guns that they're finding. And um, that's just natural. And our airport is safe. And uh, not really a question of whether our airport is safe or not, but just you being able to speak to the data and why um, so frequently they find uh, firearms and weapons. Yeah, I mean, uh, I have misconceptions when I go into a story as well. And I have to be willing to have an open mind. I thought, oh, it's Atlanta. Atlanta's airport's the busiest in the world. Of course, it's going to have the most guns detected by TSA. Uh, but it turns out that it's about double the national average that they've recovered there. Um, and what TSA explained to me is that even though it's the number one passenger airport in the world, it is somewhere around number four in the U.S. for people going through TSA because most people are changing planes from other cities. So all those people you see in the A, B, C, D, E, F uh, concourses, uh, most of those people didn't go through the TSA checkpoint in Atlanta. Uh, what's interesting, though, is that TSA says they are seeing a higher number of forgotten guns uh, left in carry-on bags in states that have either uh, uh, easier concealed carry license or constitutional carry, as it's called, which is permitless carry. Georgia has that. Other states have that now. They, they're seeing a big spike, by the way, at the airport in Nashville since Nashville changed its concealed carry law to allow uh, to make it easier to carry a gun. People always say, uh, almost without exception, oh, I forgot the gun in the bag. But even a felon is going to say that. Um, maybe they were trying to get the gun on the plane. We don't know. But the TSA thinks this is more a problem of uh, sort of absent-mindedness rather than a real threat to aviation security. But we're talking about a gun a day on average at Atlanta's airport. That was a startling figure to me. Uh, 440-some-odd guns uh, were detected last year, 2022, in Atlanta alone. So that's more than a gun a day. Uh, this is literally routine for the TSA now. Uh, which actually begs the question even more, why don't they have a barrier if this is something they see all the time? This wasn't an anomaly. It's actually something they see all the time. That's the case. We're certainly going to be following excellent work. And if you'd like to get in touch with Brendan, we're going to link all his information on WANF.com. Thanks so much, Brendan.